Welcome to the playground where the players play. And I'm your host, Eddie Flewellen. And um, one of the things that I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed about doing this, um, as most people know, I'm a keyboardist. I'm not a journalist. I'm not an interviewer. But I mean, some of the people that I get to interview, I'm like truly honored. And my guest today, Chris Jasper. Um, most of you know who Chris is, but I'm just going to say by way of uh, the Isley brothers and Jasper, um, I'm sorry, Isley, Jasper, Isley. And of course, Chris's own solo things. And Chris has like done so much like over the years. So um, again, I'm so honored that I get to interview Chris today. I get to talk to Chris today. Uh, Chris, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Man, this, this is awesome. As I told Chris before we started recording, I'm like just sitting here, I'm talking to one of my keyboard heroes here. So, um, I mean, just iconic. I mean, the work that you've done like over the years. I mean, again, I mean, we talk about the Isley Brothers, you know, Isley, Jasper, Isley, and then of course your solo work, man. I've been a fan from way, way, way back. I'm not going to say how many years, but you'd get the picture. <laughs> <laughs> from 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 way back <laughs> so again thank you thank you so much for being here how have you, how have you been oh good everything's really? good and you know uh i'm working on the music you know uh right now mm -hmm. uh, and everything's going pretty good cool cool during the whole pandemic thing um where how were you how did you fare during during that whole period oh, yeah, I was, you know i um i was doing a lot of recording during that time you know mm -hmm. uh and um, I put out a, a CD, you know, a, a cover CD uh, of different songs that I had written when I was with the Isaac Brothers. Mm -hmm. There was also some songs that I wanted to cover, you know, a song from Sam Cooke, um, one from Billy Preston, um, You're Also Beautiful, um, and, some, and a couple other tunes. Uh, okay. But it was a cover album, an album that a lot of people have been asking me to do for a while, you know, why don't you go back and do some of those, you know, songs you did with the group, you know. Mm -hmm. I, did, I, did, I did three songs on that album from, mm -hmm. uh, that I wrote uh, for, for the group. And mm -hmm. uh, that's what I put out during the pandemic. And, you know, it was, it was really good, you know, good, good response. Cool, cool. I got to ask you, since, since you talk about the, the, the covers, first of all, I mean, you, you, you're an incredible writer, incredible, incredible writer. And and um, back in the day when you guys did the covers, you know, songs like Summer Breeze and 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 Hello and all that, how how did that come about? I mean, did did you suggest that? Was that an overall group thing, or how how did those those covers? Because it wasn't like you had to do it, but man, I mean, when you guys did it, you guys did an incredible job on all of it. But yeah, most 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 of the time it was like um, between you know Ronald and me, you mm -hmm. know, you know, if it was a song that we liked. Um, he said, you know, why, why don't we do a cover of this, you know, and then mm -hmm. come down and uh, we kind of rehearse it, you mm -hmm. know, try to, try to figure it out. Um, and um, for the most part, um, musically, you know, that was kind of, you know, my area, you know, mm -hmm. to kind of change it a bit, change it, you know, to, 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 to make it like, like, like it was a song that we, we came up with, you know what I mean? Right. To, yep. to change it enough mm -hmm. uh, to make it original, but to keep it um, so that people recognize the song too. Mm -hmm. You know, so it wasn't totally different. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was the chord structure thing that I got into. Um, I think you were alluding to um, one of the things you saw when I was playing um, some, some of the uh, chords and how mm -hmm. it changed the song. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and, that's that's kind of my thing you know I, that's yeah. what i did with the cover album 
Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. did the songs, but I did them a little bit differently than the original, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Be before we started recording for for the for this interview, um, I was telling Chris that um, I saw like a couple of things on YouTube. Um, one of them was an interview where he actually sat. What was a grand piano? Um, where he sat behind the piano, and I got a chance to like listen to him play and and watch him play. And I mean, as you as you mentioned, I mean the chord structure was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> so awesome, awesome. Yeah, it's called uh, uh, an afternoon with Chris Jasper, and it's mm -hmm. on YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, I did that up at Sony uh music uh because they were they were putting out a box set of the isaac brothers music mm -hmm. and a lot of the people who are working there now you know were they they weren't they weren't familiar with a lot of the songs you know because of their age you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That we did a long time ago mm -hmm. uh, so um they say hey would you come up and you know kind of you know demonstrate some of the songs and you know talk about them uh, with with the uh, uh, the people at mm -hmm. Sony, mm -hmm. and so, uh, they have a lounge up there, the Sony Lounge, mm -hmm. and, and you know, they set up a sound a sound uh, system there, mm -hmm. and um, it was really good. It was uh, I, I think the people really appreciated it because you know it was something they were working on, mm -hmm. putting out. But I gave them a, you know a little background of oh how things were were done. You know how yep. how to support it and all. Yep. And and I loved it too because um, I don't know if you know that um, I'm I, I'm a keyboardist as well. And I start out you know following your career, I start out playing classical, love classical. To me, that's still home for me, you know. And I actually had like a game plan, you know. I, I love classical so much, but I do want to play with a band. I want to get with an R&B band or whatever. So I want to double on another instrument. I'm going to keep keep the classical over here, and then I'll go pick up the trombone because at the time, as you remember, there were like a, the horn groups were like the thing. Oh, yeah. So um, picking up a trombone, learning how to play trombone, everything. So, I mean, to speak to you, I mean, even in that vein, like um, you started, if I if I got it right, you started when you were seven? Yeah, I started. Classically uh, trained. Right. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it was a good And thing. I was eight, by the way, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's good to start early, you know, when you're young. Exactly. Mine is, you know, really, my, I, I like took in everything, you know, mm -hmm. when I, you know I, I remember, memory was really good. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, did, uh, did you as a child? I mean, like you just mentioned, you took in everything. I yeah, mean, because I used to play by ear. Uh, the reason I started taking lessons was because my mother uh, suggested that I do so. She, mm -hmm. because she saw me playing the songs uh, off the radio, you know, like I would hear a song and I would fill out the chords, you know, that I was hearing. She wow. said, you have to hear from music, you should learn how to read music. Uh -huh. you know? And so um, this professor that went to our church he, he, he taught piano lessons, you know, and he played the organ. Mm -hmm. and, um, she said, you, you, you got to take lessons from P Professor Gibbs, you know, mm -hmm. I said, okay. uh, uh, you know, and um, because I really like music anyway. So, um, but he also taught me a lot about composition and songwriting. Mm -hmm. and, um, I, I told him at an early age, I wanted to be a composer. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. You knew that right at the beginning. <laughs> He said, um, well, you know, you're going to have to do a lot of work. He said, you're going to have to learn how to write for all the instruments. You know, you're going to have to, you got to learn how composers put their pieces together and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so, I, you know, I'm, yeah, that's what I want to do. So when he, when he would give me a lesson, he would, he would talk to me about how um, the composer constructed the piece, mm. you know, and mm -hmm. the, you know, the intervals and, you know, and all of that. And mm -hmm. uh, that, that really served me well because when I graduated, 
I had, you know, a pretty good knowledge of music and, and composition. Mm -hmm. And so I went to school for composition after that, for mm -hmm. to college. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I went to Juilliard and, and studied composition there. And then I finished at uh, Long Island University. I got the, I got the privilege of, of uh, studying with, with, um, with, with a lot of, you know, good uh, composition uh, mm -hmm. teachers, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I, I was just blessed all the way around because I had that good instruction, and um, gotcha. Gotcha. I, I took in a lot too, and, and 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 I incorporated a lot of those things in my compositions. You know, uh -huh. my, uh -huh. my yep. compositions. And that's that's one of the things that I loved about you that you did incorporate like a lot of your your classical training and all that so in in your in your composition. And dude, I'll tell you, I recognize it. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> You know, awesome, awesome. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. So, yeah. so did you do when when you were learning? You know, learning how to play piano. Did you do like the the you know the recitals and all that? Um, not too many when I was younger. Uh, mm -hmm. I did more when I went to college, uh, mm -hmm. and because our composition department, um, we had a thing where every semester we had to do a a, a piece. We had to write a piece uh, for the for the composer's concert, uh -huh. student composer's concert. There was okay. a concert every semester, and the composition students had to employ you know other musicians who were in in the school mm -hmm. to do to to play their pieces, you know. Uh, and I I had to do that every semester, and mm -hmm. sometimes I would be performing, but sometimes I'd only be directing. You know, because I'd be directing an ensemble that I had written for, you know, because mm -hmm. sometimes I just write, write for string quartet, you know, or I would write for, you know, a combination, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. piano and, you know, maybe horns or whatever, you know, whatever mm -hmm. idea I had, mm -hmm. uh, I would, I would write the piece for. Mm -hmm. And I would just conduct sometimes. Sometimes I would conduct other people's pieces, you know. Oh, pieces, uh, of, pieces of, that they had written. That other comp composers would, would write. Mm -hmm. I would conduct it for them, you know, because sometimes they would be performing in the in the ensemble. Gotcha. And so, um, but it was a great experience. That experience really taught me a lot about orchestration too, mm -hmm. because you know that's very important mm -hmm. uh, when, when you're when you're writing a song or when you're recording it. You know what instrument's going to do what. You know, uh, I mean? mm. you know, uh, and uh, that's part of the puzzle, you know, mm -hmm. that a, a, an arranger has to figure out, mm -hmm. you know, what do, what does all, what do all the different instruments do? Mm -hmm. you know, and, and do they, do they work well together? Does this, you know, do they have the right part? Are they playing the right parts? You know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and that, and that, uh, exercise in, in college really, uh, helped me with my own thing, because now I can, I can hear I can hear the whole piece sometimes before mm -hmm. I start writing, before I start, you know, recording it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes mm -hmm. I'm thinking about music and, you know, my wife would be talking to me, she said, Chris, did you just hear what I said? I said, oh, I'm sorry. I just, I just had a little song in my head. <laughs> because right. I can hear it, you know, I, right. I, can, I can hear the whole arrangement sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those things where you know if um, if if you don't if if you don't have that, you, it's hard to explain it to someone else. No, I'm, you right, know I mean? right. Mm -hmm. But um, 
that's one thing that I do have, and I and, and I'm blessed. I'm blessed in that way that I can hear my own music and know where I'm going before I start recording it. Wow! Wow! Okay. It's it's a it's a great it's a great thing to have because recording, you know, and you know this, recording, and there's no guarantee <laughs> what's going to happen when you come out of that studio. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> there's no guarantee. So uh -huh. I, I think the more you can hear. Mm -hmm better mm -hmm. off you are because mm -hmm. you know hey i don't want to go in that direction i'm gonna take the song this way you know what i mean okay okay it's, it's a little bit of an advantage L let me ask you because you were talking about like the, like the instrumentation um how you would use like certain instruments because you knew what they what they were supposed to sound like or how you wanted them to sound um did you at, at any time and i'm i'm sure you probably have but I, i'll just ask this anyway as far as like uh a, a restriction a certain like okay i I want to do this, but I can't do this because the rules say I got to do it this way. Did you ever feel like that restrictive at, at times, or does that make sense? Um, I don't, I'm not sure. I know what you mean. Um, yeah, as far as like some of the instrumentation, you were just talking about like some of the instrumentation, all that that's, that you'd use, and you'd pretty much know like how to use that. Mm -hmm. And and I I tell people like when we were coming up in the business, I think um, and nothing against like any other time, but I think personally like that time that we came up, that was like the best time to me because i mean although there's a box we found ways to break out of that box you know and mm -hmm. and and again I, I keep talking about your work i mean dude i mean talk about you know yeah there's a box i'm getting out of here and i'm going to do this and i'm going to make this work you know mm -hmm. um and i guess that's what i mean as far as like those instruments that you work with um did you feel any kind of like being locked in the box that i have to use it this way well it's you know when you're, when you're with a group right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, you have to consider the other musicians and what mm -hmm. they're going to play. Like, you know, I know, you know, Marvin played bass, Ernie played guitar. He mm -hmm. also plays drums too. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I play those instruments too. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, it's, it's working with that unit. <clears throat> and, and that's what I used to do with the Isaac Brothers is what, what can I do with this unit? <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, get the most from it. Mm -hmm. And when we first started off, it was more limited. But when the synthesizer started to come into the picture, then everything opened up. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. all those mm -hmm. possibilities opened up to us mm -hmm. because no longer did we have to maybe, uh, you know, get a string ensemble. Mm -hmm. You know, because uh, a lot of the string sounds you know, from synthesizer. Uh, mm -hmm. There's other things, you know, like the, the song that sounded for the love of you, which mm -hmm. maybe a woodwind would have played, mm -hmm. you know, but a synthesizer, you know, I, I heard that and, and the synthesizer could take, I used to, I used to play things in the same manner as I would write for an orchestra. Okay. Okay. Uh, like even, even some of the things I played on piano, you know, mm -hmm. were mm -hmm. something that an orchestra would play, mm -hmm. you know, I could give parts to each voice in the chord mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. the orchestra. And uh, it would, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and I'm talking particularly with ballads, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. talking about. Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, well, maybe some of the things I play would make me say it again, you know, on the, you know, all mm -hmm. those harmonies that I played on the keyboard would be right. something that an orchestra could pick up, you know uh -huh. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, in my playing, 
I was I was kind of uh, uh, mimicking the orchestra in a way. Okay. okay. Um, and you can um, hear that. And you you, you mentioned uh, for the love of you. I mean that iconic keyboard line that that synthesizer line. Like yeah, it, was, it was something. It's like well you know I don't have a an, an old bowl here, and then, uh -huh, right. You know, so <laughs> we don't really need it now because uh -huh. you know, I have this ARP twenty six hundred. You know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and this it fits right in. It's beautiful. Mm. And it's uh, funny that you missed that because when it, when it, when I heard you know every time I like when it first came out, I'm like, man, I can totally hear it in orchestra, and I can hear it. You said it was uh, was it meant for an oboe? If, if it was an orchestra well, playing that, know, would an oboe uh, be playing yeah, that part? It's probably an oboe or a flute, you know. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, you know, in in that in that area. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But um, you know, the synthesizer picked it up, and 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 and, and that has its own sound. You know, mm -hmm. it's a little mm -hmm. bit different too. Than those woodwinds, mm -hmm. uh, and it's very smooth, and you know fits right in with, with what I was playing on the piano. Right, you know? right. That so. was one of the things I loved about your writing, man. I mean, you know, uh, uh, you could hear the orchestra. I mean, it was definitely, you know, it was a big, it was an orchestra that was playing there. Although it was like the band, you made it huge, man. It was huge. So that's one of the things I loved about listening to your playing and listening to your like, writing. And and writing. That, like when, I, if you heard "Afternoon" and Chris Jasper, and I, and I hope people go there. And, yeah, and, you know, because when I played "Let Me Down Easy," I mm -hmm. didn't play it the same way I played it on the record. I, I played it in the classical form. Yep, mm -hmm. you know the the way I originally heard it. Mm -hmm. See, mm -hmm. it's it's a big orchestra sound I hear for that for that song. Uh -huh. I mean, I could orchestrate it, and uh -huh. it would sound like you know huge, you know, right. because right. the melody and the chords lend itself to that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I demonstrated that in that in that yeah. piece. Yep, yep. Who who were some of your 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 classical influences on piano? Uh, the biggest ones were uh, the the Romantic period, uh, Debussy, uh -huh. Ravel, um, you know um, Gershwin, you know a lot of stuff he did, uh, uh -huh. you know. Uh, but those, I, I think the biggest the, the the I pulled the most from those uh, the composers mm -hmm. because of the. Uh, the harmonies they used, the, mm -hmm. the intervals, you know, mm -hmm. um, they were introducing different degrees of the scale from the classical. Yeah, you know, going a little bit further, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and the, the, using some of the, you know, the sevens, and then you know, thing, yeah. and then Gershwin, he got into the sixes, you know, the right, the the, the clusters and, mm -hmm. and all those things, and, and and I used a lot of that in in my um, in my chord structure. Mm -hmm. And it's it, so a my core structure is a little bit of jazz, but a little bit of classical too. Yeah, right. I know. I know. <laughs> and then it creates a, a, a nice uh, sound that you can recognize. You know, that's mm -hmm. what I was going for. Because mm -hmm. I, I, when I grew up, um, I used to listen to Motown stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. And I say, you know something, Nate? When that records come on, you know that's a Motown record. Exactly. I, mean, I don't yeah. care who the artist is. Right. You know, you know that's Motown, and so I wanted to have something that was identifiable, identifiable too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I found it in the chord structure, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. where the set when as soon as it comes on, boom, somebody should recognize that. Hey, that's the sound. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that's what I was going for, and that's that's what that combination created. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I, I know when I was uh, when I was going on the road and. Uh, 
I was showing some of the other, because I have other keyboard players, you know, go on the road with us. Mm-hmm. And I was showing the chords and say, hey, that's, that's different than what, you know, <laughs> that I was playing. I said, yeah, it's a little bit different, the voice is a little bit different, you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, it's something like between the sheets, the chord structure on there. Right, yes. You, know, you, can, uh-huh. you can hear there's a little bit of jazz in there, you know, mm-hmm. but, but not all the way, you know. Right, uh, right. And that's what I'm saying, you, for R&B, R&B is a, a is a very kind of special uh, uh, kind of genre, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. so much can be added to it if you just do it subtly. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you just subtly go into it, not overdo it, because you, you know I think I think Earth, Wind, and Fire was more jazz than we were. You know, mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. more jazz than we were. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Stevie, Stevie Wonder used a lot. If you listen to Stevie's records. There's a lot of jazz influence. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but not so much, you know, w- 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 my core structures, not so much. Mine, mine was a little more mixture of the uh, classical, too. Yes, yep. And and it and, and made it a little different than, mm-hmm. than theirs, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And even some of the lines, I mean, you know, outside of like of, of the chords, I mean, some of like those those lines, like you mentioned, you know, be, uh, between the sheets, you know, da, 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 you know, yeah. and I can totally hear like, you know, like, okay, would that be a violin playing? That? I mean, I'd be sitting there like, man, I can, <laughs> you know, playing that line, or you know, like we mentioned that iconic line, uh, uh, for the love of you, that signature key line in there, um, keyboard line in there, um, man, I mean, you, so so when you wrote, I mean, you actually. I mean, even for for the for the for the Isley Brothers, when you wrote, you wrote for an orchestra. I mean, you you came at it like that. I, yeah, I'm. You know, like I said, my whole life before I even started with the Isley Brothers mm-hmm. was classical. Mm-hmm. So I heard things. <laughs> I heard things that maybe someone who wasn't trained classically mm-hmm. would hear. Mm-hmm. Like if you would just strictly a blues guy mm-hmm. right you may not hear the kind of chords that i was that i was coming up with you know what i mean uh-huh. Uh-huh. because we're all we're all um we can produce what we uh, uh are trained to do mm-hmm. you know and, and um i think that's what made our music a little different mm-hmm. i have mm-hmm. to say that's probably mm-hmm. what made our stuff a little different because if you listen to the Isley brothers before 73 Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. Before 72. Mm-hmm. It sounds a lot different. The music it does. You're right. Mm-hmm. And the arranger at that time was George Patterson. He, he was like the guy who arranged the music. Okay. He was he, he wasn't a classical guy. He was a, he was a saxophone musician. And you know, his exposure was different than mine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the music was different. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they, they played for other band, uh, artists too, the Midnight Movers, they were called. Mm-hmm. They, they played mm-hmm. for Wilson Pickett, I think, and some other people. But their their background was different. Mm-hmm. You know, so George, hey man, when he when he arranged the song, it was with his experiences. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He, mm-hmm. he was a horn player. There was a lot of horn playing in, in, in that music. You know, mm-hmm. they had a horn section. And that's what right, the music that's right. I forgot they did. There was a horn section in there. Right. So, but when I came in, you know, that's when the music changed a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. it's totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then that, it, on top of that, you know, you know, Ernie Quinn 
you know, the rock kind of feel, that even changed it more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it like, it's like a big difference between the music before 73 and then 73. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, even even with those different styles, like like you mentioned Ernie, Ernie, Ernie on the guitar, you know, he brought like that rock influence. Um, but but man, when you guys uh, hit the the funk, can now anybody do it? Can anybody do it harder? That's a totally different thing. The funk. See, that's that's another thing. I have uh -huh. a right now. I have up on my website a song called "Doing My Thing," and it's some, okay. it's some funk on there. I also have a song I'm getting ready to put up tomorrow. Man up. <laughs> oh, and it's, and it's you know, man up. That's something. That's that is something that um, I don't think you can learn mm -hmm. uh, in, in in music class or, or, or mm -hmm. you know, with here. piano lessons. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's here. Um, it's got yeah. It's got to be. You got to have rhythm number one. Mm -hmm. I mean, because that's the thing that makes funk really work. Mm -hmm. Tight rhythm. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. and then you got <laughs> and you guys are tight man it's just got to be inherent in you i mean it's i don't know it's, i'll take take me to the next phase for, for example mm -hmm. like ernie was playing one bass pattern right for take me to the next phase mm -hmm. and before we started recording it and i said you know ernie, I, i'm feeling a little something different i said ernie go out and, go out in the booth and play the drums and i'm gonna play the bass synth in here uh-huh you know and he started the drum beat off. And then I just started playing the riff. I don't know why. You know what I mean? It's like, I didn't think about it. I just said, this is what I'm feeling. I just kept doing it. And I was like, yeah, that's solid. That's solid. That's tight. Mm -hmm. You know, hard. And, but you got to feel that, you mm -hmm. know? And um, funk is a feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just, you know, I don't know why, but you know, I just have that thing to, uh -huh, uh -huh. to recreate it. You uh -huh, know? Uh -huh. Different ways too. I mean, uh -huh. a lot of my funk songs are not going to sound the same. You know, like some groups, right. you know, you know, okay, they're going to do it like this. You know, mm -hmm. it sounds the same. I, I can do different types of funk. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. sound, sound, different sounds, and that's where the synthesizer is like really, really. Um, helped me as a as a writer was fun. Uh, uh -huh, because uh -huh. you know you can have different sounds come out of that thing you know what i mean and uh -huh. um you can add different flavors mm -hmm, you, know? mm -hmm. uh, you can even you can even play different instrument parts with the mm -hmm, synthesizer mm -hmm, you know if you want to right uh, right and, and talk about sound designing man i mean you like <laughs> one of the pioneers of sound designing i mean some of the sounds you you come out of there with like what how what <laughs> what i mean really yeah cool. you know that that has really opened up you know i i think for keyboard players like mm -hmm. so many possibilities mm -hmm. um, and and there was I, there was no intimidation factor with you use of it is if you know see like i know what a guitar how to play a guitar and okay. i know how to play funk on the guitar so if i want to play a guitar part on the synthesizer, I know what to play. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know mm -hmm. what's going to sound good on us, even if it's on the synthesizer. Mm -hmm. uh, and and that's, that's where orchestration comes in. If you know what other instruments are capable of, you know their range, mm -hmm. you know, 
and all of that, you're going to be a better uh, orchestrator with the synthesizer because Got, okay. you're not going to do things that don't sound right, right. with that particular instrument sound. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. You're going to play the right thing because you know what that instrument is capable of. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like, if I, mm -hmm. like if I play a, a bass part on the synthesizer, Hey, I know the range of a bass. Right. I know, I know oh, okay. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to play anything weird. <laughs> right, right. It's not going right. to sound right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's that's the advantage of knowing, you know, orchestration. Uh -huh. uh, mm -hmm. And it's, and, it's, and I, I I love that way of thinking because, I mean, that's, that's why I'm, it's like, if I'm going to play this on a keyboard, I want it to sound like that, which means I can only go so far you know, as far as like the range or whatever. And, you know, of course you, you, you tweak things to kind of make it sound as close to that instrument as, as you can and, right. or whatever. But I mean, keeping that in mind, cause I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've heard like over the years, like um, a sax solo being played on, like for example, a sax solo being played on a keyboard and mm -hmm. you're kind of like, that's not a sax. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what I mean? You don't play it the way a saxophone player would play it. Right, right. It's not gonna sound right. Right, right, right. Um, and I get the innovation. I mean, you're thinking innovative, but I mean, yeah. to me, it's like you're you're yeah. you're playing like a sax sound, and I want I don't hear a sax playing. <laughs> you know, I, if uh, that makes sense. I happened to I, I did that one time. On did you? On Prince of Peace. Uh huh. And. Uh, ah. It, it it sounds like a saxophone, you know. It sounds, you know, <laughs> and there it is. Because, because I know how to write for a saxophone. Mm -hmm. right? I mm -hmm. know range. I know mm -hmm. the sweet spot in the mm -hmm. See, That's another thing. Ah, sometime on the synthesizer, you got to play in the sweet spot of the instrument mm -hmm. to Great make point. it sound correct. Great point. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. if you go too far out of the range, it's gonna say, oh, "Okay, right." You know what right. I mean? Mm -hmm. Even if you mm -hmm. even even if the um, Synthesizer has a great program. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. if you go too far out of the range, it's gonna away from the sweet spot. It's gonna sound. Uh, it's, a, it's a keyboard. It's a keyboard player trying to sound like a sax player. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, that's not quite right. You know. Uh huh. Uh -huh. So you, you, you have you have to know that sustain in that sweet spot. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And let me ask you. You were talking earlier um, as far as like the different kinds of funk that you, that you did. There's one song in particular that was like one of my favorites, and I remember when it came out, and I'm like, "That's different." And I'm I'm referring to "Fight the Power." <laughs> the groove on that one. One of the first things that struck me was the this the the tempo of the song. I mean, that song like drove, you know, dun 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 dun, dun. <laughs> like, yeah. wow, you know. And I I'd see the dance floor, and people like run out to the dance floor and all that. And I, it just kind of struck me that, um, it wasn't like in that like slow funk kind of thing it moved it moved and of course like the sounds that were involved and all that stuff what, what was for you musically what was the inspiration for like that that groove was it that's uh, something that just happened or or yeah it like like i was saying with next phase um ernie ernie was playing the guitar part on mm -hmm. and i was upstairs and i came downstairs to ernie what let me let me just play along with you. Uh -huh. you know? uh -huh. And I started playing that moving synthesizer part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. And I, I said, like, yeah, that's working. That's working. <laughs> so, so we put it, we put it on the um on the TIAC recorder. The TIAC right? recorder. <laughs> recorded it, 
I still have it, by the way. In my, and it still works, doesn't it? In, yeah, in my studio here, right? I still have it. Uh-huh. And um, we put down the drum part, that moved the synthesizer part, and the guitar mm-hmm. part. That's how that started. Mm-hmm. And, Mm-hmm. You know, and on, it's, you know, once we got to the studio, I had this Mutron 3, right? <laughs> and, and, I, and I said, all right, we're moving along, but we need something to just lock it up, lock it up. Right, right. <laughs> lock this thing up. Uh-huh. And I started playing the Mutron part. I said, that's it. Uh-huh. And it, it just all locked up together. Right. And, um, that was fun. That was a fun session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you, and, it, and it jumps out from the grooves. You can tell it was. <laughs> I, when I when I first had the meet you, we we were recording with the guys who did Stevie Wonder's uh, production. You know, Malcolm Cecil and oh yeah yeah, Bob uh-huh. Martha. Mm-hmm. And I was out. We were getting ready to record the song "Heat Us On," and mm. oh okay. They did. They didn't. They didn't hear. They hadn't heard the the Mutron. <laughs> effect oh. and there's a part where I sustain a chord and the sweeping effect goes right. and they both ran out of the, 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 the control room what is that what are you doing what are you working on because you know they were they were synth, synth guy Malcolm oh yeah yep, yep. synthesizer mm-hmm. uh, Tonto mm-hmm. which I used you know when we were out there but man he, he hadn't heard that he didn't he didn't know about the, the mutron <laughs> he ran out there he said Wait a second, what are you, what is that? What is that sound? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I said, yeah, this, this all it is, this pedal, man, this pedal. Yeah. You know? uh-huh. And, uh, uh-huh. and that, 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 that was a great session. That was, yeah. Because you know, yeah. we just wanted to love you on that album. Uh, you know, it was sensuality. Mm-hmm. It was really a tight package of songs that worked well together. There's only six mm-hmm. songs on the album. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. <laughs> But they were all good. <laughs> awesome, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Um, your jazz, jazz influences. Like I, I know, I know that you started with Billy, the great Billy Taylor. Yes, yes, that was a what. Great what was that like? He, you know, I what struck me the most about him was how um, really down to earth he was. You know, he yeah. was a, I mean, it's like you talking to your uncle or something. You know, mm-hmm. so. Easy going, you know, mm-hmm. but so mm-hmm. extremely talented, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know um, because there were some people out of, out of uh, the post campus that were kind of, you know, like out of the world, you know, kind of, you know, above everybody, you know. But, <laughs> and, then, but, and, let, and they let you know that. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you know, but Mr. Taylor, man, he was, you know, he was, he was right there. Man. I, I, I used to, I used to like to, uh, like, sometime after class, you know, he he talked to you and talked to me, and um, he played a little something, you know, to show about, uh, you know, the, how you know maybe Art Tatum would do something, or you know, Fats Waller, or those guys, you know, mm-hmm. he, he played in all those guys' styles too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was good about it. He was he was one of the best. I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. this person too, man. Yeah, I, I really, I really got me. You know that this guy was just so. So nice, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that's something. I mean, you you meet you meet a bunch of talented people, such as yourself. You meet a bunch of talented people, but to me, it's like that person in spirit 
are, are they cool? And, and, you know, they make it comfortable for you to talk to them and all that. And it sounds like Mr. Taylor was, was, was that same, that same yeah, thing. That's nice. the first thing I noticed. If you, if you have that spirit where you're like so much better than everybody else, like, yeah. okay. <laughs> I don't know. This, this, this guy was cool, man. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Um, gospel influences. And to all those watching, see, see, this man has done it all. <laughs> has done it all. Man, gospel, man. You know, mm -hmm. I can, I can think. You know, the Winans. You know, mm -hmm. I, I like a lot of stuff they did. Uh, do you, do you play B three? Um, I've played it, but I'm, you know, I'm more of an electric piano, clavinet. You and me, um, yeah, me, straight, straight grand piano. You know. <laughs> But I, I can play. I can play the organ, but it's just not. You know, I'm not drawn to it. You know what I, I mean? I understood. I totally understand. I, I get I'm drawn it. Drawn to these other instruments. Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. when I first got my first Fender Rhodes, man. I used to, you know, I mean that was it. That was it. I didn't have to have any other uh, uh, instrument until <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. until Stevie Wonder came out with Superstition. Do you have a Fender Rhodes in your arsenal? Do I have what? Do you have a Fender Rhodes in your arsenal, in your keyboard arsenal? I, I had it, but I don't have it anymore. Okay. Um, the, the reason I ask is that you mentioned that, and I was at a session yesterday where they had a Fender Rhodes in there, and it's been years since I sat down behind a Fender Rhodes. And as you well know, <laughs> you know, he didn't even turn it on. And, you know, you just, you just hit that chord and that sound comes out of there, mm -hmm. that little, the little bell sound that comes out of there without it even being on. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a real deal. Does it work? And then he turned it on. The feel, the sound, the richness of it was like, man. And like I said, I haven't played like a real Fender Rose in years. And all the, I mean, they come out with like different keys and all that stuff and nothing against them. They're good, but and nothing the, is a Fender Rose. You know, the, the sound, the, the, the studio. Mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. thing, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. That, you know, that's, you know, it was, you know, Sunshine of My Life, you know, was an example. Yep. Yep. The use of that, that, that Fender Rhodes and yep. sound, mm -hmm. it really brought it up in the mix, you know. Yeah, I got the D6 clavinet, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh man, every, every, <laughs> the original clavinet. <laughs> after Superstition, every studio had. Uh, <laughs> every single one, that, that was like standard. Rhodes, D6 like... clavinet. That's what you saw when you walked in every studio in the country. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Toner really, you know, they, oh, they, they locked it there a lot. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Because he sold so many clavinets. Uh -huh. <laughs> that is so true. After after that one, everybody had that. Everybody, everybody had that one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I was blessed. I think that one person in the entire town had one, and of course he was he had all the attention of the entire music community back home. You know, so so with speaking of back home, by the way, um from Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio. Right down the street, right down the street from Akron, just you mm -hmm. know, you know <laughs> where I'm from. Mm -hmm. So, um, as far as like coming up there in Cincinnati, what was the music the music community like? You know, coming up. As Cincinnati, you know, like when when I was in Cincinnati, there wasn't a lot of people doing like band things. You know, mm -hmm. and, you know, they were like individual musicians. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, like I was studying music, you know, you, you might meet somebody else and they study music. Gotcha. But as far as bands were concerned, uh, I didn't run into too many of them, you know, mm. personally. Mm -hmm. And I knew mm -hmm. there were some because, you know, it was, 
of people recorded in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. uh, James Brown being one of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, for me, it was more of a, a personal kind of, you know, thing, uh, playing music and, and playing piano. And sometimes I would come ah. up with my own, you know, songs, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, just, just to try to get used to composing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Writing something that didn't exist. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. That was my thing, wanting to create. And, and I also had other interests too coming up. I, I was studying architecture, mm -hmm. you know, um, I was playing sports, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had a lot going on when I was a kid. You know? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, let me see where is this in my notes. Um, as a matter of fact, I wrote all the, I wrote this down. I quote, "As if everything you've done wasn't enough, Chris would eventually earn. Am I pronouncing this right? A Juris Doctorate degree." Yeah, I, I got. Um, are you a Are you a bona fide lawyer? Well, I I'm a Juris Doctor. I, I studied and I finished law school. Uh, I didn't take the bar exam because I, I don't. I okay. didn't think I wanted to practice. You know? I'm sorry. Say that. Say that again. I didn't think I wanted to practice law. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I just okay. wanted to get the understanding of the law because you know this is a nation of laws. You know, uh -huh. and music. There's laws that pertain to music, mm -hmm. copyright. You know, to contracts. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to understand that since I have my own record label, I wanted to understand what, mm. what the law's position was. As far as music was concerned, that's the that's that's the reason I went back to law school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, and this and this all this all came about when you you went there when you started your, your record label Gold Gold City Records, by the way. This was after I had my record label going for a while. This was okay. I got I finished my degree in '04. Okay. You know, so okay. um, was that always a thing in you? I mean, you had you you eventually that's I'm do that. Was that always a thing in you that I'm going to learn the law? <laughs> Well, it, it was it was always a part of my life because my wife went to law school first. I was going to ask if she was your inspiration on that. Yeah, she went to law school first. Uh -huh. and got that degree. But even even before that, a lot of my the people I talked to were accountants and lawyers. Wow. So it was it was kind of a natural thing, you know, for me, you know, because okay. Um, and like I said, I always wanted to know the legal aspects, you know, what, what the law had to say about copyright in particular, mm -hmm. because, because that is, the, that is, uh, copyright is, is equivalent to, say, a title in, in, in say, real estate. Mm -hmm. You know, you own a piece of property, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you get a title. Well, when you own a song, you own the copyright. Right, right. Right. And I wanted to know all those things. I wanted to know, you know, what the rights a person had even before they signed anything. Mm -hmm. Like if you wrote a song, what rights did you have right from the beginning before you, you know, signed with the publisher, before you signed with the record company? Mm -hmm. What rights do you have right now? You know it, I mean? Isn't that something? I mean, just the way you put that, when you when you write a song, you want to know what your rights are to your song. <laughs> I mean, that, it's just like, right. what? <laughs> It's my yeah, song, so I should have every right to that song. Those mm -hmm. legal rights you have before you even, you know, go with a publisher, before you even sign a record deal. Mm -hmm. You generally, when you sign that contract, you're signing something away. Right, right, exactly, exactly. That's what you're mm -hmm. doing. 
mm-hmm. something you created for something in return they might give in return mm-hmm. you know like an advance mm-hmm. or you know mm-hmm. and i always say in advance <laughs> the way it's structured <laughs> it's like one of the worst things that that they created right isn't it <laughs> isn't it basically the record company has no stake mm-hmm. they have no mm-hmm. stake if they're gonna if they're gonna recoup it mm-hmm. they're gonna give you if they're gonna give you five dollars right and then they take the five dollars back from your earnings mm-hmm. what, what have they what have they put up and right <laughs> exactly. you know what I'm saying? And, and you still owe them <laughs> right it, you know it's, it's like they have no stake in the product pro- uh-huh. in the project mm-hmm. basically the way, the way it goes and like I said, that's interesting how you put that. And that, that is the truth. I mean, this is something that I wrote. I should have 150% ownership of that. But by virtue of you signing a contract, you don't. It's like, okay, there's something wrong with this picture right here uh, from the beginning, you know. But, you know, hey, we all, we all want to be stars. It's a fair way to write a, a, an agreement. But the way they're generally written, they're not fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can make it fair is to understand the rights you have going in. I mean, how do you, how can you make a fair agreement if you don't know the rights that you have going into the agreement? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't know what you're giving away. Right, right. Most of the time, most <laughs> and, honest, don't know what. I, I, until you try to go to collect and find out that no, you gave it all away. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it, it, you know, you get somebody in to say, well, you know, a judge usually a judge has to tell you. Right. Because <laughs> it'll, it'll go to a court case. You know, and then the judge say, "Well, no, you give that up. You gave that up. You gave that up." You know, right, boom, right. You and know. as a re- and as a result, now you owe this court. <laughs> you know, so you know that's that's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. But that's the reason I went back. Mm-hmm. I got curious because I wanted to know, you know, all those things. You know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, especially with with like I said, copyright and contracts, gotcha. because that's you know, for the record industry, that's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. It's about copyrights and it's about what's in that contract. You're mm-hmm. not going to get paid anything else, but what you what is stated in that agreement. Gotcha. The four corners of the agreement, the four corners doctrine is called. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let, you, let me ask you. Oh, well, see, I thought I was going to, I thought <laughs> you thought. No, that doesn't work. That was no. your first mistake. <laughs> no, no, no. It's got to be in that document. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Let me ask you what, as opposed to like when you were coming up, what do you think of the business now? Like um, actually leading up to now? Um, it's the, the business now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, a lot has changed. You know, mm-hmm. technology has kind of, you know, ruined a lot, a lot of it. You know, ah. you know the free downloading and all that. Uh-huh. Taking a lot of out, out of the business. Mm-hmm. You know? um, mm-hmm. But um, it used you know, it used to be more focused on music. I put it that way. Agreed. Agreed. Um, all the all the labels, they were looking for talent. They were looking for really talented people that had something um, unique. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and if it's a group, the self the self contained group was the most valuable. You know, the ones mm-hmm. that play their own music, they could write it. You know, they go in the studio, they didn't need a whole lot of extra songwriters to go in there with them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's what's different too, is there's not a lot of groups anymore. 
Oh my gosh. You know, oh my gosh. Um, you, you know, there used to be a lot of bands, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. You nailed something that's dear to my heart. I mean, even right now, which is, I say that all the time. There are no bands like when we were coming up, no self-contained bands. Everything is solo, and nothing against that. I mean, it is what it is. But there are no bands to speak of it, to speak of anymore, or up-and-coming bands, you know. And and the 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 business did that. Do you think? Or well, I think our culture partially did it too. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember coming up, just about every household that I went in had a piano and somebody could play it, mm -hmm. you know, or they played another instrument. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it was very commonplace to see students walking around with say a, a violin case or the case. Yep. 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 Music was in our schools. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And um, that, there's something to say about that. When you learn how to read music, it's almost like learning a different language. It is. And it, it helps is. you learn. Mm -hmm. You know, there's been studies that show that uh, when, when kids learn music, when they learn how to play an instrument, they learn faster. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They retain information better. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so even if you, if, even if you don't go into the music field as, as, as an occupation, it's still, an, to your advantage to know how to play. Mm -hmm. I know there, were, there used to be like people who were lawyers and you know doctors. They were very you know good at playing the piano. Right. You know right. what I mean. Right. Yeah. Um, but that part of learning how learning music has has, has gone away from our culture for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And I think I think it, it takes away from what see I. I there was, there's always a benefit when somebody else can do something very well. You know what I mean? You can also, mm -hmm. we can learn from each other. But, mm -hmm. but when people stop doing it, right? Mm -hmm. You don't get that feedback. You don't, you don't get that influence. Mm -hmm. You know, we were mm -hmm. all influenced by somebody. Mm -hmm. right? Wow. Right. And what if those people that we were influenced by didn't play their instrument or didn't mm -hmm. compose? Mm -hmm. Right, we would we we wouldn't be as rich culturally. True. Right. Mm -hmm. So it it, hurt, it hurts the culture when when people don't learn how to play music. They don't mm -hmm. learn instruments. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. um, I always say, just because something is new doesn't mean it's better. You know. Um, they you know like a lot of times people say, oh well you know this is a new thing. This is a new thing. Well, wait a minute, stop for a second. Mm -hmm. Is it better? Right. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. that's the that's what you have to go for is quality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you try to make the best, you know, I always say, are, are the are the new cars today better than the ones <laughs> in the say like in the 70s? Right. You know, are, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. are they really better? Right, right. <laughs> Uh-huh. Material mm -hmm. that, that they use. The right. cheap stuff Good in the point. world. Right? Mm -hmm. No, no longer do they use chrome, real steel. No, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like what it's, they're plastic. <laughs> they'll charge you ten times more for the right, right. automobile mm -hmm. that's made out of really a lot cheaper material. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if but if you don't know what came before, you won't know what you 
what they're selling you. Right. Right. You know I mean? mm -hmm. They, they mm -hmm. just put a bunch of stuff on the inside and say, oh, well, see, look what you, you, you got this, you know, this, this, uh, all these features on the inside. Yeah. Okay. What, mm -hmm. what is the car made of? What, what, what is this, <laughs> what is this thing? Right. Right. This thing, Good point. They all look the same. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? <laughs> are they, are they better than the other ones? No. Right. Right. Because uh -huh. you put the same stuff that's inside these cars in the in the in the old right. car, not right. a better car. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. A much better car. That's mm -hmm. much longer. They, mm -hmm. they, they, they showed Cuba the other day. They 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 still have fifties cars that still work. They're and they look on, good. Mm -hmm. In good shape. Mm -hmm. You know, beautiful paint jobs on. Yep. Them. yep. Mm -hmm. How good was the car? That's that a good point. <laughs> You know what That's I mean? a great point. Mm -hmm. How good was the car that could last that long? Mm -hmm. It's still be in good shape. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you can't keep these cars these days that long. I guarantee mm -hmm. you. Nobody's going to be driving around. Not unless you treat them gingerly. 60 years later, they're not going to uh, be in existence. Mm -hmm. the, material, you know, the material is cheap. Yep. You're right. This is. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, I, I want to ask you as far as like the synthesizer when you played when the Moog first came out. Okay, um, I don't know how old you were when they came out, but was there an in intimidation factor, or were you just like ready to jump in and you know, hey, look at all these bells and whistles on this thing? It was well, yeah. The first the first synthesizers I remember were like very very complicated. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember uh, Juilliard, our composition teacher, took us down. Um, to the studio, mm -hmm. and well, he wanted to use it for like atonal music, which was kind of weird. <laughs> but uh, I remember seeing it, and it was like a big, you know, this big thing with all these patch chords and uh -huh. you know, mm -hmm. knobs and things, in it, and it was like, whoa, you know, hmm, you have to be an engineer to work this thing, right? Know? Right. That was, that's what I was thinking, you know, mm -hmm. and. Um, but then, as I when I when I when I started to use the one in California, you know, uh, the one that I, that I alluded to before, mm -hmm. uh, the one that Malcolm Cecil built, mm -hmm. uh, it was big, you know, mm -hmm. but it was the way he built it, the sections he built it in sections. Oh, okay. You know, okay. Which made uh -huh. it easier to navigate through. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, he had two ARC 2600s in there. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he had a, a Moog synthesizer in there and a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in using them, he could patch them together. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Patch the synthesizers together and create unique sounds. Mm -hmm. um, but I still I still didn't have anything for personal use that big. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, would, I took one of the ARC 2600s <laughs> You know, I bought one of those uh -huh. personal because right. I, I was able to get a lot out of it, you know, mm -hmm. just that one section mm -hmm. with that one section of synthesizer. And then they started to, you know, make synthesizers with, um, you know, the, pre the, the presets. Mm, right, right. Sounds, you know, right. Which right. made it a lot easier to use. Right. You know, right. Uh, I still have a, I still have a Prophet 5, you know, which, you had oh to, my gosh, you, you had to profit. Pro program, you uh -huh. know, you program some of the sounds, you know. Right. And, and I like I like that. 
I like to be able to adjust, you know, and, and okay. craft your own sound, you know. Okay. okay. Rather than just use the preset that's in there. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. But um, when they start doing the presets, it made synthesizers so much easier to use. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. And you can tell that you like it in all your work. You can tell that you like it. I was one of those when I first saw it. It's like, man. I just got used to these 88 keys right here. And now you're telling me I got like turn knobs and all that stuff. I liked it, but man, you had those keyboard players such as yourselves that like such as yourself that just jumped all in, you know, and, and, and just went for it, you know? So. Yeah. The, the, you know, um, you know, Car Caravan of Love. I mean, that's, you know, <sighs> that's synthesizers, you know, except for the guitar. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's just one of those things where, like I was alluding to before, it sounds though like, you know, it could be, you know, natural uh, instruments, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. the string part and all that sounds, mm -hmm. sounds really natural, but it's mm -hmm. a synthesizer, you know. Got you. Got you. Wow. It really opened up a lot in, mm -hmm. for, for keyboard players. You know? Awesome. Awesome. Um, man. Again, one of my keyboard player, uh, keyboard player heroes here, um, the legendary Chris Jasper. Um, a list of awards that you've won, like uh, that's, that you that you've attained over the years. Um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame '92. Uh, still took a little too long, but you know, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> You're in. <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, let's see, uh, the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. A list of awards here, and I see. Uh, did this happen yet? The Songwriters Hall of Fame. Did that happen yet, or that's coming? It's coming. It's okay. coming because they had to postpone it because of the pandemic. Because got you, got you. So it, they pushed it back, I think. And I'm sure these are just a few. I mean, look at look at that wall right there. This man. <laughs> yes, you know it's 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 great. You know when I redid this room, I, I redid, I put everything in one place. Oh, you know, okay. All over the house. You know, uh -huh. one thing over here, one thing over there, and uh, it's it's like. It's something that to be in here and see all this stuff because it's just a reminder of what you know the the, the past and all the you know successful uh, records and I was gonna say and the incredible work you did that, you know <laughs> it's like it's, it's so many things you know um, I, it's, it's really it's really a blessing I I I don't believe some of this you know that I went through that much stuff mm. you know that, that mm. I wrote them wrote that many songs i'm like mm -hmm. you know wow so, mm -hmm. sometimes i forget you know you know because if it wasn't a single sometimes and you know i said wow i, for I forgot i wrote that one too yeah <laughs> 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 you know I'm like, right right but it, it's I, I, i'm kind of a workaholic in, in a way ah uh, okay mm -hmm. like because when we would do an album we we do the tour i'm right back in this you know in studio Wow, really? You went right back, right, right? That's that's Please. why that's why we were able to have a, an album every year. Got you, got you, got you. So even that's... even coming up in the beginning, I mean, practicing, I mean, that was no problem for you. I mean, you you'd sit there and and go for none. You know, um, guys want me to come out and play baseball. You know, so <laughs> it, was, it was kind of tough when I was young. You know, but when I got older and I and I started to understand, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that this is a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. You know. It's, mm -hmm. This is a good, awesome. a good skill, you know. And awesome. so I started taking more seriously. Mm -hmm. By the time I graduated, mm -hmm. you know, I knew it was a good thing. 
and I, I and I had a, I had a choice to make when I graduated high school. I I was going to go to school for architecture, or I was going to go for music. Mm -hmm. And I said, "All right, I've been taking music longer, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go for music." I'll go ahead. Okay. That's, that's what made me make the decision. There it is. There it is. Let, let me ask you in, in closing, um, is, and we talk about like the business um, now, you know, then and now, what advice would you have to offer like those that are up and coming in the business? Um, those that are, I'm sure they're fans of yours, just, just as I am. Um, and again, I mean, man, if anybody can speak to that, look at the wall behind, behind Chris right there. What, what, what advice would you have to offer those that are up and coming in the business? Wow, man, it's, I would I would learn as much as I could about music. I mean, I would. And if would, anybody can speak to that point, I mean, I <laughs> you, would, you heard Chris can absolutely come into this business just to try to see if you could, you know, uh, get a hit record. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's good to have a good background in music and, and whatever you're going to do, whatever mm -hmm. job career you choose, it's good mm -hmm. to have a good background in it, and mm -hmm. uh, and. Kind of, kind of realize your strong point mm -hmm. because it, it's a lot of different ways you can go in this industry, mm -hmm. and so you you have to know what your strong point is, and try to be the the best at it. Try to be the best at it, but also be wise in what you get involved in. Like like we were talking to before about the legal aspect. Mm -hmm. Don't just sign anything. You know what I mean. Get mm -hmm. good legal representation. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, because I find that's that's the key to you staying in this business is, is if you mm -hmm. make the right deals, mm -hmm. the right decisions. Mm -hmm. So um, either have a good you know lawyer, you know a, a good person that advise you legally on, on, on everything you do, mm -hmm. you know, and right. listen to the advice. You know, <laughs> listen to that's another thing. Sometimes part. People, people hear. <laughs> You know, people get told what you know the right thing. They say, "Oh, well, now I'm gonna do it my own way anyway." Right. Well, you know, don't don't be hasty like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Take good advice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome. Um, in closing, um, I was talking about like Chris's keyboard talent. You know, keyboard keyboardist extraordinaire, legendary keyboardist. Um, but nobody could work the hair like that <laughs> that's when it takes all yeah that's the, the double album yeah dude i'm like oh yeah and that, that was me like you know hey hey nobody could work it like that. <laughs> so, so in closing uh mr jasper again thank you so much for taking the time to be on the playground um really enjoyed this and as i i, I can't say enough i mean I, you've always been a hero of mine i'm truly honored that you took the time to to, to come and speak to me and um, I hope you'll stay in touch. Um, I, I'd love, to, I'm gonna keep following you regardless. So again, thank you. Thank you so very, very much. I really appreciate it.